Hello again and welcome to Laundromat Insights. I'm your host, Randy Radke. It is my pleasure today to, to welcome a truly special guest. We continue to chart new territory and raise the bar with this podcast, and, and we got a good one today. I think of him as one of the hardest working men in our business, uh, someone who's got a frequent flyer mile total that I aspire to. I'd like to welcome present CEO of the Coin Laundry Association, Brian Wallace. Well, thanks, Randy. Uh, great to be with you. Appreciate the invite and uh, be careful what you wish for when it comes to the frequent flyer miles. <laughs> <laughs> is, what is the total looking at for 2022? Well, you know, it's a bit of a trick question coming out of the pandemic. And uh, since uh, so many of us were mostly grounded during this uh, last period of time, but it feels good to get back out there and uh, pick up the, the frequency and I don't think any of us business travelers miss the airport, but we miss our people. We miss the people that we are accustomed to seeing in the industry, out on the road, and uh, all the new faces that are in the business. And I'm sure we'll talk about that too. Yeah, for sure. Definitely uh, getting in front of folks and seeing those faces again. I know we're all all excited to have a clean show to look forward to this year. So definitely uh, hoping to put a lot of that uh, that behind us. And which is a great segue. You've done this before. You you walk right into these segues and make my job easy. So it's been <laughs> it's been an interesting last few years with the pandemic. And what have we learned about our business throughout the last two two and a half years? Well, I think we've uh, picked up a couple of things. Uh, I think this notion of laundromats are essential. I think before the pandemic, that was. You know, sort of something that we looked at as being an important business or an, or a uh, basic public health service, but being able to understand ourselves better in the context of public health and being able to work with many of our partner companies, including Speed Queen, to attain that uh, essential status formally with the federal government uh, was just a big step forward for the industry, and it, it got the public thinking about us, I think, in a, in a different way, in a more positive way in some cases. And perhaps for those of us that have been in the business a while, uh, gave us a, a little bit more of an elevated uh, sense of purpose in terms of what we mean to the communities that we serve. So I think we definitely learned that uh, we are essential, that our customers are essential, that our uh, attendants and managers are essential and that we are providing this basic public health service uh, to the community. Uh, I think it also uh, was a great affirmation of just the re resiliency of the business and the resiliency of our entrepreneurs that are running laundromats across the country. This was not an easy thing to get through, whether it be personally or professionally. And so to have, uh, it's one thing to be deemed essential. It's another thing to deliver on that and execute on that. So I'm just very proud of how the industry rose to the occasion, uh, kept taking care of customers and making sure that all of our customers, including essential workers, by the way, uh, continue to have access to clean clothes. Absolutely. That that title in 2020 was, was absolutely an essential uh, designation. Talk a little bit about what that looked like as, as we came to grips with businesses shutting down and, and trying to figure out what the next step was. What was your life like in trying to get that rolling and, and get that essential business tag applied? Well, you know, I, I don't think anyone had a playbook for the COVID uh, or the pandemic uh, kicking in. And I think all of us kind of woke up on that uh, 
mid-March afternoon when everything shut down and said, now what? <laughs> and with so many things to do, I think it came to really came for us is the real threshold issue uh, for Coin Laundry Association was we've got to keep these laundromats open. Uh, there's a lot more we need to do. We need to do the education. We need to keep our members informed. Uh, we need to keep the business of the industry rolling forward. But first things first, we've got to stay open. And so, yeah, it, it was uh, you know weeks uh, of the uh, phone staple to my ear. We started with working on a state-by-state basis as individual states would roll out their guidance for the various uh, shutdown orders. Uh, there were cases where laundromats were expressly uh, uh, included among the essential, excluded among the ex- essential, or uh, really not talked about at all. And so it really was a state-by-state scramble to be in contact with the governor's office, uh, reaching out to contacts we may have had in government in those states. Perhaps most importantly, you know, our members are great. You know, a lot of our members know know a congressperson or know a mayor or know someone in state government. And, you know, Brandy, I don't think anyone was deliberately trying to exclude the laundromats. I just think it wasn't top of mind. You remember that short list, you know, grocery stores, gas stations, drug stores. And I just didn't think that they were contemplating the role that laundromats played. And so if we were able to get in front of the decision makers, uh, we were able to make our case that, of course, laundromats should remain open. And as that state-by-state Blitz started to slow down a bit. You started to get to that last batch of states that were saying, look, we're we're not going to set our own guidance. We're going to defer to the federal government. You know, in the federal uh, guidelines, uh, we were not included as an industry. And so that's where we had to get to work in a different type of lobbying, which was to engage a lobbyist, work with a number of our member companies on an ad hoc basis to uh, really get our message to the White House uh, Coronavirus Task Force and make our case that, yes, we ought to be added to that list. And in their framework is more the uh, essential infrastructure workforce. But we were able to uh, make that case uh, successfully and uh, sort of uh, button, button up not only all the state designations, but then have the federal designation for those states that were looking to make that uh, deference to those standards. So like I said, we, we always knew we were essential, uh, but it was a big lift to make it official. And I can't thank our individual members that stepped up and picked up the phone and reached out to a legislator or uh, companies like yours that uh, kicked in and helped us uh, raise the money that we needed to make the, the case at the federal level. Uh, it was really one of those cases where you know CLA is sort of the neutral turf. <laughs> so we had competitors, we had uh, companies that uh, sell against each other or laundromats that are in competition, put all those things aside and said, hey, let's get to work to protect our industry and make sure that we can stay open and keep doing laundry. Yeah, de- definitely exciting to see that. There there was a, a, a synergy and ev- everyone paddling in the same direction. It's truly exciting. And that end result, to your point, it, it's twofold. Obviously, the business got to stay open. It was absolutely paramount to let people have access, continue to have that access to laundromats, you know, but the second part of that is we had touted a recession resistant business model and, and always viewed our, ourselves as essential, but now getting that designation, new investors are coming to this business and it's another selling point that makes it truly attractive. So I think as a company, we're definitely seeing 
a lot of excitement around this business and in terms of new investors. Is that kind of what you're seeing and hearing as as you get out there and and get face to face with folks again? Absolutely. Uh, I think we've always been popular with uh, aspiring uh, first time entrepreneurs. I think we're always on that short list. I think I'm sure you see it a lot too. People are looking at car washes or self storage uh, facilities or you know, small restaurant uh, franchises or other things. And laundromats always seem to make it on the short list. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that is in part based on that past history of being, as you said, recession uh, resistant. I think it's also a function, frankly, of a little bit of misunderstanding about the ease of operating <laughs> the business True. Uh, that you know, a lot of our educational resources are geared toward kind of giving people a clear eyed view of what it takes to be successful in the business. But I, I totally agree. The uh, our performance uh, during the pandemic just added another sort of point of attraction as being pandemic resistant. Now, again, we don't want to go through a recession again. We, God forbid, we don't want to go through a pandemic again. But the business uh, proved to be quite resilient in that respect and has definitely drawn uh, new investors uh, to us. And I just think there's a greater pool, frankly, of first-time entrepreneurs out there. Uh, given kind of this traumatic experience that everyone's been through, people are reevaluating. I think they're more likely to be looking at doing something, uh, you know, for themselves, by themselves in business. And laundromats have always been a great place for those folks to find a home and start building a business. So, yes, we've seen uh, a great uptick in, in inquiries and uh, people joining the association, you know, using our resources to learn the basics, reaching out to our distributor members and our manufacturer members, uh, looking for that expertise and partnership and kind of making this vision or this dream of their first laundromat come true. Are you seeing a different type of investor than maybe you did 20 years ago? I think different in a couple ways. Uh, I think uh, I think just as a practical matter, I think we're finding uh, potential investors that have a little higher uh, financial qualification uh, because that, that's sort of what's required today when you look at valuations of existing laundries or the cost of building out uh, a laundry from scratch. So you kind of have a stronger balance sheet, so to speak. Uh, I, I tend to find that folks uh, are more likely to have some business experience previously. So whether that is in an, another endo- uh, entrepreneurial endeavor or you know, more of a management level position in corporate America. So they're kind of coming to it with a little more acumen, I think, and uh, a little bit f- uh, more financial wherewithal. Now, what they maybe don't have uh, that the folks had 20 years ago, maybe not, not as much of that uh, mechanical inclination True. or that DIY approach or, or the opportunity to really be looking to buy a job, you know, be in that store, have that be their, their sole effort on a single store basis. Uh, The folks today are looking at a multiple store uh, model. I don't have anyone calling me, Randy, saying I want one laundromat. (laughs) They all say that they want five or 10. You know, it's a a bit aspirational, but at least their view of it is they want to be on a multi-unit basis. And so those are a couple of the, you know, sort of the differences uh, that I see uh, coming up today, but it's certainly an exciting time uh, for everyone. And uh, when it comes to locations, I think you have this interesting dynamic of first timers looking for their first uh, store to either build or buy. But then you also have the installed base of existing operators that are looking to add their second, third, fourth, or fifth. So there's just a increased demand for those existing stores as well as those great locations 
uh, really from first timers and experienced entrepreneurs the same. A healthy, healthy industry right now mm -hmm. and, and well into the future. You've obviously been in the industry uh, two decades, I want to say. Well, if I'm being honest, I got to admit that I'm uh, a few months away from 30 years okay. in the industry. <laughs> Perfect. So walk me through how, how this business has changed over, over three decades of, of your involvement. Well, we talked a little bit about kind of that uh, changing uh, persona, the new investor. Uh, I think that the demographic trends in terms of demand for our services has increased steadily over that time. Uh, that's not only the sort of the percentage of renter occupied households or the percentage of uh, so-called lower income households, but you know just the raw numbers, right? So you get the adage of the more people, the more dirty clothes. You know, so I think that has continued to uh, buoy the business uh, over these years. You know, I, I think technology probably you'd probably point to that in just about any industry podcast, right? The the disruptive nature of technology. And I think that that's probably the, the starkest difference, uh, whether it be in our daily lives or at the laundromat, uh, you know, technology, whether it be uh, highly efficient uh, from an efficiency standpoint, you know, washers and dryers uh, to the prevalence of uh, payment systems, networkable machines, uh, digital marketing, uh, as opposed to the, the snail mail postcards of the past. Uh, so, you know, if I had to point to one thing, it'd be technology. And I just think we're doing a much better job. I think that the kind of the floor under the quality of service uh, to the public has risen quite a bit. Not that we don't have some uh, underperforming stores or neglected stores out there, but I think the overall level of service to the public has gone up several notches over the course of those three decades that I've viewed it. And uh, that's been a very rewarding thing to observe. And I think that that pace is only accelerating as we go forward with great stores and great operators. It, it is truly exciting. I, I've got a couple decades. I'm, I'm definitely dating myself, but I've got a couple of those decades under my belt as well. And, <laughs> right. and, and that, is, that is the exciting part is that you're, you're seeing the image of the industry get raised consistently. Owners are coming to the table and really raising the bar on that customer experience. We talk about customer experience more in the last five years than I think uh, the previous 15 uh, altogether. Mm -hmm. So that that tells you something about, I think, the the level of investor and, and uh, the, the commitment to doing things right. So truly exciting. Now, I guess the operative question then is if you and I are are doing this podcast uh, 20 years down the road. What does this business look like? I mean, do we have room to grow? How, how significant will the changes be in the decades ahead? I think that's a great question. And, you know, it's all obviously speculation at this point, but when you look down the road a couple of decades, you know, I, I certainly think laundromats will continue to be a, an essential service, kind of back to where we started with the conversation. Um, I think that, and no one knows the percentage, but that installed base of underperforming stores or neglected stores or stores that work against our improving reputation, I think that those will have aged out and been replaced by uh, much higher quality of stores going forward. Uh, you know, who knows what those other technological advancements will be, but I think that they'll be geared toward cleaner clothes, faster uh, wash days, uh, and, and, and have that, you know, continue onward. 
Uh, I think that we're only at the very early part of this uh, uh, absolute tidal wave of full-service laundry being facilitated at the laundromat, meaning uh, pick, you know, wash, dry, fold, pick up and delivery, servicing commercial accounts. So I would expect to see more stores that are sort of purpose-built to serve both of those uh, marketplaces. And I think we're seeing some of that now, right, with uh, people building in uh, maybe uh, off the con- customer floor production uh, space for processing wash, dry, fold, or uh, building that uh, that uh, drive-in uh, for uh, trucks uh, in the back of the store with a roll-up door in a, in a garage. Uh, I, I think we'll see more of those sort of reflected in the design of the stores, being able to accommodate both self-service and full service. And obviously, one of my aspirations would be to continue to see this uh, uh, other notion, other hashtag. We talked about laundromats are essential, but laundries connecting communities, you know, doing, you know, seeing the growth in the work of Laundry Cares Foundation and continue to position uh, the corner laundromat as a positive influence uh, on the community in a place where uh, families that need help uh, can get help. So hope to see most of that. Maybe won't see all of that down the three decades down the road, but it's uh, certainly exciting to think about. And I think uh, the best days of the industry remain ahead of us. Absolutely. And and kudos to the foundation. You, you're doing exceptional work with that. I think in just a short period of time, the, the growth in it has been amazing to watch. And I think even more exciting is, as I interact with owners and new investors is that idea of the laundromat as a neighborhood gathering spot is really it's top of mind for owners where and and i think even over the last five to seven years it's been even more prevalent that that folks are seeing that as as part of something that they want to really uh explore and and give back so it, great to see that that is continuing to to be top of mind with with new investors. That's amazing, and a, and a credit I think to everything that Foundation has pushed forward and made quite visible. Well, it's one of those things, Randy, where it's you know it's the right thing to do, and it's good for business, right? So we I, I've always felt that we have an obligation to give back and support the communities that support us. You know, when I look back at that three decades uh, and and the. Uh, uh, fortune that I've had, you know, I know it starts with that low-income mom dropping a quarter or swiping a card at a machine, you know, and, and what can we do to respect that, to honor that, to support that? And that's kind of where the Laundry Cares Foundation kind of came into being, providing support, free laundry days, providing support with uh, books and literacy programs and other things that we we're looking to push through that channel of uh, the laundromats that are part of our Laundry Cares uh, network. So, uh, and, and you're right, it does appeal to both uh, potential employees, certainly potential investors. All the research shows that employees, consumers, and investors you know, want to do business uh, in industries and with companies where they share their values. And corporate social responsibility is something that at one point may have sounded like a, sort of an oxymoron for the laundromat business, but now we've got this established program and people are getting creative, but there's also, you know, kind of a plug and play aspect. Uh, You can uh, install one of our family read, play, learn centers, which are the mini library spaces. We can help you get those programmed and you've got something sort of out of the box that you can do to start helping the community. So uh, is it, is an industry that historically, you know, could benefit from some reputation building um, as the stores get better. And as we really embrace 
corporate social responsibility and start helping more families through laundry cares. It's really uh, having a tremendous impact and having uh, a lot of uh, stakeholders just view our industry in a whole different light and a more positive uh, level of engagement for laundromats going forward. Yeah, just further evidence that you can you can be a good business owner, you can make money and be successful in that realm and still be giving back to the neighborhood. I do want to give you a, a, an opportunity here to plug a great organization, you know, for the listeners who are in the industry and maybe aren't a, a member of COA or are coming in and new to the business. Why join COA? Yeah, well, so for those that aren't familiar, Coin Laundry Association is the National Trade Association nonprofit taking care of our industry for now over 60 years. We also operate the Laundry Cares Foundation, as we talked about, and uh, publish uh, Planet Laundry, uh, which is our flagship uh, monthly magazine and website at planetlaundry.com. And so uh, it's really about uh, trying to grow in one's profession. You know, trade associations and professional societies are pretty sort of orthodox um, resources in a lot of industries and a lot of professions. And Randy, I, I just, over the years, I just think people haven't really necessarily viewed uh, their work at the laundromat as a profession. And our goal has been to professionalize the industry, offer resources, and we do that in a couple of ways. We do that through advocacy. Uh, so we mentioned the laundromats are essential campaign, but we also lobby hard uh, on issues related to currency, uh, certainly sales tax exemptions for laundromats, and a myriad other uh, issues that come up that could negatively uh, affect the industry. We've mentioned education uh, that we do through the magazine, through webinars, through one-on-one -on -one consultations. Uh, we also support our members with a number of services through our CLA business solutions, where we have vetted and curated property liability insurance, health insurance, digital marketing support, uh, utility buying programs, and the list goes on and on. So we, you know, sometimes running a laundromat can be a bit of a lonely endeavor. So I like to look at ourselves as a friend in the business that has good resources, and we do that through CLA Business Solutions and through other uh, opportunities. And our fourth pillar would be that networking and events, you know, where we do hold our CLA Connect Live events for local laundromat owners to get together, uh, certainly uh, remain a strong sponsor of The Clean Show coming up this year, uh, Excellence in Laundry, our Elevate uh, Conference. So just really that convener for the industry, trying to put uh, laundromat owners together to help each other become more successful and raise the bar for the industry. So, uh, and for those new investors, Randy, I always like to say, uh, spend a few hundred dollars before you spend a few hundred thousand, you know, get your <laughs> hands on the best information, uh, tap into this uh, unique knowledge base of, of 60 years and thousands and thousands of laundromat owners. And uh, don't reinvent the wheel, take the best practices and lay that track for success in the laundromat industry. Definitely some wise, wise words there for sure. Don't make the same mistakes others have made. Um, if people want more information, where do they go? Speaking of digital marketing, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, can find a, you can find a lot more about the association at coinlaundry.org, uh, where we do have some great resources available. We have an e-store there. You can put your hands on some things. We have uh, variety of products and services in addition to the membership that one could take advantage of. 
subscribe to Planet Laundry uh, by going to planetlaundry.com and get your hands on just great content uh, each and every month. And for those of you interested in pursuing uh, some of that corporate social responsibility and see what that looks like in the laundromat industry, uh, you can visit laundrycares.org to learn more about that. And it's free uh, to join our Laundry Cares network. Definitely check those resources out. Uh, great starting point for sure. I want to ask one last question. What are you most proud of during your time at CLA? Well, Randy, I've just been so fortunate uh, to work with uh, great staff here and uh, hundreds of great volunteers and thousands of amazing members. And I guess when I think about where the most pride come, comes from, I, I don't know that I can do one. I'll do a couple real quick. One uh, comes to mind is just this elevated level of service to the public. And I think that goes right in hand with how proud we are of uh, the Laundry Cares Foundation and giving people a better place to do the wash collectively uh, over these years. Uh, and I also think that um, another source of pride is the uh, sort of the culture of sharing uh, that we've created in the industry. Uh, you know, a lot of industries, people hold information close to the vest. They don't want to talk to their competitors or, or peers in a given industry. And this industry has always been very open and willing to share best practices and lend a hand to other people in the business. So if I had to pick one thing, it would probably be that the fact that laundromat owners, distributors, manufacturers, all the different stakeholders in the industry understand that we're in sort of a unique niche business. It is something that a lot of people don't uh, understand real well, but if we can pull together and help one another, we can all raise our game. So that spirit of cooperation and sharing is is something that I hope we can continue to build on for years to come. Yeah, it really is alive and well in this industry. You see owners helping one another, touring other laundromats to get the the newest, latest, and greatest ideas, and really raising the bar. You know, we all we all suffer from that person down the street who's maybe got ten out of order signs and really doesn't care and isn't sweeping up. Well, Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope we can do this again sometime. Well, well, thanks so much for having me, Randy. Really appreciate uh, being able to work with you and the whole crew at Speed Queen over these uh, last two or three decades and uh, look forward to doing <laughs> it again soon. Absolutely. And we hope you'll join us again next time for another episode of Laundromat Insights.